Did perimenopause or menopause catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me, too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hey, welcome to Menopause Matters, and I have brought back Dr. Stephen Ezra West, Dr. EZ, to tell us more about lymphatic systems, and we're going to get into something that I know that is really super important for most women in postmenopause, and we really should be talking about it and thinking about it from the very early time part of perimenopause because it is so critical creating and maintaining an independent life as we age and that is osteoporosis and Dr. EZ is going to be telling us some fascinating stuff about how stem cells work in the body and how we can use that information to keep ourselves a lot more on track when it comes to osteoporosis. Dr. West is a top researcher, developer, and teacher, and super into helping women, helping all humans with health care and empowerment and taking back the power around your own health and progression through life. Dr. Easy has some fascinating things in his background, including how he has used some of his own principles to heal his own body through some major issues. Dr. Easy, thanks for coming back with me. I am so excited to have you back here today and to talk a little more. Uh, the last time we were talking about how the specific Indian tribe, whose name I always forget, even though they are heroes of mine. <laughs> and our distance runners of major intensity, how they keep moving at this high level throughout their lives and why that, why we can't seem to do that. And being a runner uh, myself, I want to know more. I want to know more about how I can use some of these principles to create and, and improve my own personal running and to help women that we're talking with today to begin an exercise, begin or continue or extend an exercise uh, routine that will really bring them to health versus just maybe maintaining weight. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for bringing me on, John. I want to mention a few things. You know, there's a guy named Dr. Ernst Van Aken who taught the world record holder runners how to build endurance of tearing the body down his one of his big things is walk run walk run but never get tired because when we go into the negative stress levels one of the things that happens is a body produces cortisol and that blocks all the healthy regeneration hormones it blocks hgh according to harvard that's the number one most powerful regeneration hormone or even substance that our cells can produce for regeneration 
Now that's uh, human growth hormone. Right. So we want to stay completely out of stress. And there's more ex-runners every year than there are actual runners. People aren't <laughs> taught how to transition right. They're out. They're going out and getting injured. So this is uh, really an area that I've been raised with. One of the things that my father, he, uh, he was a real genius when it came to cellular physiology and the immune system. He's the one who, when he first looked at a mini trampoline, a theory went through his mind that it could be used also to magnify thought wave because, um, and he'd made some other breakthroughs. You know, there's a film called The Incredible Machine and even little kids, anybody could stop, start, speed up and slow down a little electric train just by thinking about it. They had mm. the electrodes hooked up from the brain to the train. And this is part of the Arizona State University Film Library Index at a time where he was getting Teacher of the Year Award every year when he was teaching chemistry. He was showing things like that to his chemistry classes, his students. And he, got, he was getting nominated again, Teacher of the Year, by the students, which is really rare for chemistry teachers. <laughs> this is the... Yeah, when he saw this... Thinking back to my chemistry teachers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and most people, it isn't hard to do that. But when all his students think back on him, he was making it fun and they were actually learning mm -hmm. a lot. So this is what he saw is he saw if you turn an armature in a magnetic field, mm -hmm. it converts mechanical energy to electrical energy. And he saw the mini trampoline as something that as our body moves up and down the magnetic fields that go around the earth from north to south, that that somehow could be used to help magnify thought waves. Wow. And he was right. He took this was in the mid 70s. This is the first thing when he ever first saw a mini trampoline, what theory went through his mind. And they said, take your uh, theory well, along with one of our trampolines to your clinic and try it. The next morning, a woman walked in with sore flesh. She was hurting everywhere. Couldn't touch her anywhere without pain. She says, well, see if you can stand on this and let's see if we can get this thought process working for you. And uh, he'd tested for pain in the back of the arms, legs, pain everywhere. And she first thought like, also combining prayer, it also helps, but bless the right arm, right arm, right arm, right arm, right arm, about seven or eight bounces. He grabbed the back of the right arm and the pain was gone. Wow. And he grabbed the left arm. Ouch. And what does that tell you is that it wasn't just the bouncing. It was magnifying the thought way. So she thought about the other arm and she ended up going, this is something that works for anybody who tries it. And it's something that I teach and my father taught in his mini trampoline classes. And the first advanced training that I teach on practical application of regeneration, mm -hmm. I get people on the mini trampoline and I show them how to unlock what's between our ears. It's more important what we're thinking than what we're actually doing. Wow. How to use it to turn on our endocrine glands. And they're, they're called the seven houses in China, the chakras in India. The people who built the computer mm -hmm. systems, they call it a bioscanner technology. They know that they can look at them if someone just wants to look at them as the chakras, which is an East Indian system. They yeah. can look at them as that, or they can look at them as they have more of a scientific background as the endocrine glands, which I like to look at them more of just as our endocrine glands. But I, I have the understanding, I know that they are what I call power plants inside the body, that right. they produce a lot of energy, which alone is a master key. And not only that, they're supposed to produce physically the hormones. So there's a different master key what turns the hormone production on. This is what I want to talk about is muscle failure. And all the strong science says we got to go below 30% oxygen to working muscles to get us the chemistry the brain's looking for to send the signal to produce a strong hormone release we're capable of for regeneration. That is not easy. It takes an Olympic athlete an hour and a half to two hours of high intensity, heavy weight training to get to that kind of failure. And most people, like 
will really hurt themselves trying to do that if they're not really conditioned knowing how to transition to that. So there's a a new way to do that where even 78 and 80-year-olds are able to finally get a a difference in a 10-minute walk and how much hormone their body's producing, which normally is nothing because it's not enough to create any kind of failure. Now, this new technology enables even the 78 and 80-year-olds. We did a study with... uh, it's called what I like to call ROR, rapid oxygen reduction training, where even a light 10 minute walk creates a significant hormone release because the brain thinks we just did a bunch of superhuman activity. And as soon as you go to uh, slow twitch failure, you're getting a, as soon as you begin that, you're starting to have nitric oxide released from the blood vessel wall into the blood. You're starting to get a glycogen release, which is where a grandmother can lift up a car with a baby under it. It's right. where the superhuman strength comes from. Because that's a fuel for fast twitch. As soon as you start slow twitch failure, you're starting to get fast twitch recruitment. And the more failure we get, the more of this chemistry that is the brain is looking for in order to send the signal for the pituitary gland to crank out the HGH, human growth hormone, the TSH, that's the thyroid stimulating hormone. So the thyroid turns on and wipes out any need for thyroid medications. It just starts metabolizing body fat into energy. More, tell more me, tell me, tell glycogen. me, what do I do? Okay. <laughs> So, uh, you know, the secret for this is started really more being unlocked in Japan in uh, around 1960. And there's a company there called Katsu, and their technology is more expensive. There's cheaper versions that you can get on Amazon and eBay. And basically, until a few years ago, it's all different types of tourniquet design. You know, a blood pressure cuff, for example, is a single air chamber, and it doesn't take much pressure to start blocking blood flow and to be very uncomfortable. This is what, you know, I have a brother who was a prison guard. And when I first talked to him about this a a year ago, he said, well, I learned about it from the inmates because the ones that are getting ripped the fastest are getting the strongest the fastest. And there it's more of a matter of survival. He said they're using basically homemade design and uh, even grabbing the top of the arm and start flexing it with the other arm to see what they could create for a rapid oxygen reduction. Now we've got an artery on the inside. We don't want to mm-hmm. block. We don't want to send a back pressure to the heart. And only a few years ago, which is uh, a new design, it's a multiple air chamber design is what LeBron James uses for his hormone release. And he spends about a million dollars a year on his health. But this is what he does for his hormone release. He's the king of the NBA. Right. So it's what Thor, you know, an Aquaman, what they use for their hormone release. And we've got the premier trainer for the NFL, Rick Burkholder for the KC Chiefs, getting as many of the of his football players on it as he can. This is something that's already hit the professional sports by storm. It's already happened. And wow. next is going into the home. We have the study finally showing that we have a design that doesn't increase arterial pressure or send a back pressure to the heart. And that, so it solves the main health concerns as far as safety. It solves the main safety concerns that have existed with every other design out there because it's giving a break in between each air chamber. It's, uh, it's, not, it's giving a break on the blood flow in between each one. So this so, is uh, actually like using tourniquets to restrict. This is what most is people what? do. They use a basic tourniquet design and most of them are very uncomfortable. They can cut into the skin. They can, uh-huh. they can increase arterial pressure really easy. And send a back pressure to the heart, which could cause some people some problems. But they've been, uh, this is what they've been using for about 60 years now until a few years ago. That's the, the only one that's patented is the multiple air chamber design that I'm talking about. Okay. The one that I was introduced to about a, 
last June of last year. So I've been on the technology for over a year now. And within 10 days, I lost all the fat on my upper thigh doing a simple five-minute routine six times wow. without any wow. high impact, without any risk of injury. I was just doing light activity, no heavy weight. In fact, my legs, I was literally just doing air squats followed by a wall sit. And with my arms, I was literally just doing isotonics without any weight at all, just flexing my muscles, my biceps wow. and triceps back and forth. And I felt the deep burn that I hadn't experienced ever so fast and so easy in my entire life. Wow. So that's, uh, you know, it's something that for years, Dr. McCullough has been producing videos and how to do it. He was doing his best showing people how to get an HGH release okay. uh, activity that would do that. But now he's doing it with this particular design of band. And uh, he doesn't do any exercise without this anymore. Cool. So Dr. Oz is on it. I could list a bunch of names on and on and on about who's on the bands. But now we've got a whole bunch of more and more studies are being done on this new design now is what uh, the big uh, attention is because we solved the safety concerns. We did a study with 16 year olds and half of them on heavy weight without these bands and the other half with very light activity with these bands to see which group was going to have the greater strength increases. Really? That was a test for 16 year olds. And it was the light activity with these bands that had greater strength mm -hmm. increases. We've been taught we have to tear muscle to build muscle. Right. That's a myth. We busted that myth. It's really the hormones that make us stronger and the lack of hormones, uh, specifically the skeletal factors are reason are the main reason why women are getting osteoporosis after menopause when we produce our when we really have the master key triggered which going below 30 percent oxygen is what the strong science says the master key we've got to create the chemistry that's all related to that it's a big chain reaction the brain sends a signal it doesn't care how long we work out how heavy our weight was or what we're, whether it's high intensity or not for how long we're, our heart's beating how heavy we're breathing all the brain's looking for is the chemistry and how much of it of failure Okay. So this is why I mentioned it at the end of the last episode. We are designed to push ourselves into failure, but now we can do it. It's like a shortcut. It's like pulling gas out of the gas line while we keep the engine running. It doesn't take much. You don't have to really rev it up to make that motor fail fast and easy now. Yeah. It's a little trick. And I think that, uh, you know, I was just in Chichen Itza in, in Mexico and I saw carved into the stone something around the top of the arm and the legs. And around the legs, they just drew circles, what, whatever they could. They use the same exact distance of those circles of how big those circles were around the leg is what we have as far as how big our air chambers are that go around the leg. That's cool. So it's really interesting. It, it's like more knowledge has existed thousands of years ago and somehow it was lost, but we're just relearning almost. Yeah. But uh, the science, the, the laws of nature are the same yesterday, today, and forever. These are principles that have always been around. We're just figuring out how to, there's a lot faster, easier ways to do things. My friends within about a month started saying that I lost my belly. I'm like, well, thanks for telling me that I had a belly. <laughs> I didn't know that I at least wear it well, but my belt sure tells a different story. Uh, I dropped about six inches off of my belt. That is I, I really need to cool. punch a couple more holes in it. It's kind of loose now, but, uh, uh, it's nice so to be able to I am show. going to be taking a look at a lot of what you've said. And if for those of you listening, if you haven't signed up to talk uh, to get my 
information by email. There'll be a place to go on the note in the show notes so that you can get that. And I will be talking with listening to more from Dr. West, uh, Dr. Easy, and finding out how I can help you put that into practice because I'm not sure there is more than maybe 10 to 15 percent of menopausal women who wouldn't appreciate dropping four to six inches off their waistline because we all know that menopause is likely to shift our weight distribution and it's likely to go straight to our belly. So I'm going to be looking for that for sure. You know, the number one cause of death for men and women is heart failure. And what the nitric oxide does alone to clean the cholesterol off the arteries and veins, to relax the muscles around them, to make the pipe bigger, it's a thinner and it literally increases circulation. So when we're temporarily creating this failure just from the top of the arm down and top of the legs down, we it doesn't affect the oxygen levels to the heart, the brain, any other internal organ at all, other than it actually increases the uh, circulation of all of the the fuel to our vital organs. It's actually, um, it keeps the vessels young, pliable, healthy, along with the heart, young and healthy. So there's awesome. a lot of science on that as well. Doctors have known when it comes to those t- that type of health, they've been pushing high intensity to get there because this is all we've had. That was the only way to, to get access to that hormone release. Now it's just so much faster, easier, safer. Wow. And that's, it's something that can be used from what you're saying. It can be used by people who are deconditioned and helping them get. Yeah. Even if they have a broken, a broken bone, they Uh don't use it on that particular limb. It's it's an arm or leg. They put it on the other arms and legs and they just go into that failure with the other limbs, it still helps that other limb heal that broken bone faster because of the skeletal factors. Right, and because it's pumping out the hormones that we need and, yeah, wonderful. The vascular factors take deformed vessels in varicose veins and regenerate them to their healthy structure. That's been published on the design that I'm talking about, the multiple air chamber design. It's already been done, that study. And that's and another one and on and on. Yes. It's also part of the process of it's all just where people start really noticing it. We start throwing more labels on it. The reality is we've got all the problems happening. It's just they want to throw a label on whatever they notice the most. And it's a, just a different drug market too. all the names <laughs> of different diseases. They have to they force themselves, the drug companies, to spend a bunch of money to show what that drug does with that category. And they can't say that it's for everything unless they do all the studies on one thing at a right. time where they they kind of they kind of tied their hands, really. Um, because now we're actually shown master keys that just, you know, this solves all those issues hormonally. The hormone side of the equation, there's one master key for that. And the, stri- the science on that, this master key for hormones is so strong, no one's challenging it. It's just everyone's shaking their heads up and down, especially if they experience it and see the results are just crazy mm-hmm. results. I've taken people that are basically disabled, not able to lift a, a box to start cleaning out their house, things are in boxes, start taking one at a time and uh, one step at a time, finally they have their health back. They have their energy back. They can can do all the things that they've been able to do before without being any risk, no wiping yourself out, no going into the stress levels because again, (laughs) that's the cortisol that blocks all the healthy hormones. Okay, I still love my long runs. Yes, and we're meant to be able to do that like, 
Seriously, we're all we're all meant to be performing like superhumans perform. We're we're meant to be able to go out and hit the hard surface without injuring ourselves. It's being able to transition into that. Okay, Dr. Easy, this is fascinating. And I am really delighted that we got into it. But you and I talked a little earlier about osteoporosis and stem cells. And I want to hear more about bone health and stem cells and how we can, as women in going through menopause, how we can stimulate the stem cells and the bone regeneration, because this is so huge for us Mm. as we age. And the skeletal factors obviously help with that. But so you're talking about another segment here where we're going to talk about the DNA and stem cells. Okay, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Are you giving me the green light to just go now? I can just pull right into that right now. Yeah, I'm going to just give you the green light and let's see if we we can do this in a a reasonable amount of time because there's... Okay, so our hormones for our skeletal factors, the healthier our bones are, the more we're able to produce uh, stem cells because there's a bone marrow content that's responsible for the production of stem cells that also decreases as people get older. It's one of the basic ways to measure biological age is how much of this bone marrow content we have. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we can actually increase it again or, or not have it decrease at all to begin with, that's it. That's That'd be even better. Everything we do to stimulate our bones, like the mini trampoline, bouncing, there's a qigong, which is an energy breathing technique. When they add a little bounce to it, that's what they're doing when they call it bone marrow qigong. And bouncing on a mini trampoline is great for the bones. We're meant to be able to hit the hard surface. Having the bones under the basic gravity, the acceleration, deceleration of being physically active, whether it's as a dancer, gymnast, whatever, when we put a stress on it, it's normally responding to that. But the hormones are a big part of the key. As long as we have those, let me tell you what else. There's there's another part of what's regulating all of the degeneration on a genetic side. And I think stem cells fall into the genetic side of the equation. And I want to talk about this other master key called NRF2 or NERF2. So that is something that it regulates the uh, one of the biochemical markers is oxidative stress. The mm-hmm. mainstream medicine has finally decided that that's the main aspect biochemically of the aging process. And the best way to measure it is not with particles that are orange running around in your blood that they call carotenoids. That is anything orange. That is not the best way to measure oxidative stress. And the best way is looking at the fats that get damaged the fastest and easiest. They also recover very quickly without any oxidative stress. And they have to do a blood test, draw blood, to see what the damage is to those fats. They call lipids. Mm -hmm. And it's also called lipid peroxidation. But I like to speak as many lay terms as possible because I know a lot of listeners don't know what some of the more technical terms are. But they found one thing. In 2005, the University of Colorado and Mississippi were doing a peer review. A full human in vivo means full human beings, not just Mm -hmm. part of a human being, not just it wasn't a Petri dish of human cells. Full human beings taking a pill a day with a meal to see if it would get into, into the blood, into the cells to do what it was supposed to and taking blood tests before and after measuring it's uh, called the T-bar test, but you don't have to know that. They were just measuring the damage to our fats 
and nothing else had ever lowered it. Everything had been increasing the damage to these fats, the vitamin C and E were increasing it. Wow. We've all been taught that those are supposed to be antioxidants, right? but they're direct antioxidants and is what they're called. And now I call them pro-oxidants because they themselves become a free radical if they give up one of their electrons okay. to, uh, to an oxygen molecule that's missing an electron. That is what I call oxygen radical. I'm speaking more English terms. There's a scientific term for it that's superoxide. I, I want you to think more oxygen missing an electron is all mm -hmm. that is. And if you repair that oxygen molecule, giving it another electron, it turns back to oxygen again. There's an enzyme we're born producing that does that a million times per second. I like to call that enzyme oxygen reintegration enzyme because I like to speak English. Otherwise, the first paper ever published on anything to do with oxidative stress was with the discovery of this enzyme and they ended up calling it superoxide dismutase or SOD, but I like to speak English and mo nobody knows, most people don't know what those scientific terms are, but they could more easily grasp this oxygen reintegration enzyme. And there's something that does that with hydrogen uh, radical that is called hydrogen peroxide. Scientifically, okay. most people have heard of that one. We have. There's something that uh, called catalase, but I'd like to just call it hydrogen reintegration enzyme. So there's a whole other way that we could use English terminology if we really wanted to. If I can come up with systems that show lay people how to wrap their heads around it easier, I think that this could have been done a long time ago. Really, there's a great simplicity in the systems. There's about 30 of these that our cells are supposed to produce that convert all of the free radicals there are back to their healthy molecules, oxygen, okay. hydrogen, and um, we know glutathione is one of those super antioxidant enzymes that does this, that has, it's one of them that has this ability to repair a million per second, every second. Okay. So but there's about 30 of these that are all regulated by one master key and uh, that's NERF2. And that's less than 1% of what NERF2 is doing. Okay. I can show you a chart of all 36 cytokines. So they're, okay. each gene produces a different protein. Mm -hmm. And that's all you really need to know. They're all different proteins that all do different things. And that there's 5,000, what they call survival genes that are also called the disease mechanism genes. And within that, they're all regulated by NERF2. Drugs target one at a time. And most of these don't even have a drug designed to target it. And in the course of mapping out the human genome, we discovered this great thing that God, that were basically created <laughs> Or producing, and it again shuts off after the age of 20 more and more, takes a nosedive and levels off to about nothing until we die. We figured out how, ways that we can flip the switch and turn it back on again. And uh, I want to give some other examples of what it does. You know, I mentioned, I think, uh, in a private is... conversation with me and you, that one of those genes that regulates is TGFB1 is an abbreviation for a protein. TGF beta is a, a scientific term, but it's a protein that more than quadruples its expression when it's not regulated, and it causes collagen deposition. It literally will destroy collagen, which can create the failure of any organ that that happens in. That's one of 5,000 examples of what NERF2 is supposed to be regulating. So the cytokine storm, a lot of people have heard about that over what we right. just went through with COVID. Right. What people die from is too much of a cytokine storm. We produce too much inflammation too fast, and then our white blood cells and lymphocytes don't have time to produce the antibodies. And if people die, with, if they have a terminal inflammation occur too quickly, that's what 100% of the deaths have been from. And it's uh, hypoalbuminemia is also the technical term for shock. It's the main water magnet is albumin. It, I mentioned the, the main right. protein around the cells. Well, 100% of them have that. And it's tied genetically to 
what's supposed to be solving the, the genetic side of the equation, and this is what's not been in mainstream, it's NERF2 activation, takes and radically reduces those. They're basically, on average, quadrupling their expression, all 36 of them, when they're not being regulated. And they don't come out of nowhere. The cells have to produce those proteins. It's like hitting pedal to the metal, forcing the production of proteins that are actually causing the problem. And one of those is uh, TMPRSS2. It's another abbreviation. It's just a protein that's required for all coronaviruses to be able to attach to the ACE2 receptor site. Just though, to be able to attach, insert itself in the cell and replicate, all coronaviruses have to have this TMPRSS2 is what it's called. It's a system, one of the proteins out of 5,000 that's downregulated by NERF2 activation. Otherwise, again, it basically quadruples its expression, making that four times more easy for that to happen, where the, they can get into a, a cell, replicate, killing every cell that they, they do that with. So again, this is what has not been part of the debate, what has not been in mainstream but they've known about it since at least 2014 because it was already there in what's called the Ingenuity Database, which compiles all the other largest gene databases. They not only know what all these genes are, but they know what the gene products are. And no biochemist or gene expert has all that data in their head. It's gone into databases all the years. And a lot of this, we have to give credit to the pharmaceutical market because of how they've been wanting to know what all of them are so they can create new drugs. So they're targeting one at a time to do it each of them having a long list of negative effects the way they've done it chemically. Right, and that and means 5,000 pills. Bill Clinton, yeah, Bill Clinton, he started the Human Genome Project to dump a bunch of government money in it. Of course, he had his pocket padded by the pharmaceutical market to do that. All the politicians have been basically uh, the biggest, they've been selling out to high bidders. A lot of them are willing to sell out to the highest bidder. It's been going on for yeah. hundreds of years, way before the United States uh, of America constitution was even formed. And uh, way before 1776, this, uh, you know, there's been people who want to make money and uh, figure out a way to change the rules to keep making money. I want to mention something because most business models go through something called an S curve. Right. Where there's pioneering formulation, there's a momentum phase, and then there's stability. They're lucky to grow 2 to 3% per year after stability. Maybe they have a breakout, new breakthrough product where they make a little bit more money. But most business models don't continue to double and triple what they make every 10 years like the healthcare costs have been since 1950. The healthcare costs, and this is why when Obama first uh, in his inauguration speech, when he during his the this is his his inauguration speech, the first day as president, he said, in order to solve the economical crisis, first we have to solve the rise in healthcare costs. And then he thought, well, let's just let the government pay for it. And it's not been a money problem. Like most money problems are not money problems. It's actually been a big problem to dump more money in it. The more money we've dumped into it the higher the death rates have gone. And it hasn't been solving the problem just by throwing more money at it. And especially our health issues, most of them are not money issues. I mean, um, and what, the way that it's been happening, the death rates and have just continued to increase the more money we've dumped into the problems. It's been, there are other things, there are other principles. And when people learn how fast and easy it is, that simple fasting can activate our master key gene regulator. And not okay. only does that not cost money, it saves money that they would normally be spending in, in the form of, you know, just buying groceries. So tell me, when you talk about fasting, what do you talk about? You know, intermittent fasting has become a big craze. Is that fasting enough, the 12 to 16 hour fast? Yeah, it's one or? of the... Yeah, it's one of the reasons why fasting has had so many great benefits. We've known it's been really powerful for many years, and yeah. now we keep learning more and more of why. And uh, to have a master key of what's regulating everything genetically, also associated with 
something as simple as fasting. Now, the question is, how long can people do that safely? Not everybody can safely fast. There's other formulas. There's, there's herbal formulas that have been engineered by people that are NERF2 activation formulas. And so this is all, there's a lot of different sources of those things. Um, but it's something that I, I found out about in 2009 and have decided to integrate into my lifestyle. It's one of the things that I just won't go without. And after discovering the master key for our hormones, it's one of the things that I just won't go without. And I was raised with the information on lymphology because my father was, I think, one of the greatest pioneers of all of that. He took the other major pioneers, gave them credit, and he's, he became the first person to give public lectures on the lymphatic system in the world. He, he was in 200 cities a year, five to six cities a week for 17 years without charging admission wow. on that. So um, we know that it's really the bulk of the science of all the healing arts. And uh, our doctors have been going to China to figure out what they've been doing with oriental medicine and always coming back saying the same thing. We know it works, but not why scientifically. What if they could come back saying, we know it works and now we know why scientifically? How would that change the world? Yeah. So I gave the first presentation in Asia in 2017 at one of the biggest uh, general hospitals in a space that they had on a second floor that was just for education. And they said, now I can go back and present whenever I want. Uh, they'll never charge me for use of this space. They love it. They absolutely were just super grateful to have uh, the ability to start integrating a big chunk of science. There's, there's huge categories that they've just decided not to teach especially doctors. And how could it be where they spend 10 years and hundreds of thousands of dollars, how could it still come down to a lack of education? Well, I can really get into that. You know, okay, we, we're going to have to hold off on that one till the next time. I'd love to have you back in a few months. I've gotten a huge amount out of this. I know that many of our listeners are going to say, wow, that is just an amazing amount of stuff. I'm going to Go out to your websites and hopefully I'll be able to send you an email occasionally and ask you, you know, do you have a reference for this so that I can help our listeners, my listeners, to understand this a little better? You've just provided an amazing amount of information today and I really appreciate it. Can you just give our readers, I have zerodisease.com as your primary website and from there, they can find out everything they need to know. Uh, that will be in the show notes. And uh, Z-E-R-O-D-I-S-E-A-S-E -S -E -S -E for those who want to know how to spell it. Right. And it'll be in the, written down in the show notes. So thank you so much for spending this hour with me. And we've had a great conversation. I think you've got an amazing amount of things and information for the world. I love the fact that some of this stuff is so darn easy. You can get yourself a mini tramp, bounce on your mini tramp. You can, in fact, you can start it just by breathing deep. You can start that lymphatic circulation. And I know from my own research that that circulation just doesn't happen without movement um, but it's it's great to know that the movement can be as simple as just taking a deep breath. Yes, it can. Now, uh, I do a, a race for the truth class is the first class I do on practical application of advanced regeneration techniques that don't cost anything to do once you know how. And I right. like to integrate as much as possible. I'll even integrate 
those bands into the mini trampoline work once we go into high performance with people. If people can get to the point where they can do that safely, then um, they also get a now a hormone release on the mini trampolines, which normally we weren't getting because it's so such a light activity. That sounds fantastic. And uh, my mini tramp's in the other room, so I'm going to go in and, and play around with it tonight and see what see what comes up. Dr. Easy, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, listeners, for sticking with us. And I will be back again next week. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, Five Tips to Get Better Sleep Tonight. You can get it at menopausematterspodcast.com slash sleep. And let me know which of these tips works best for you.